to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. Galatians 3. And this applies to us as individuals and applies to the City of the Lord Church as well. And give me verse 1. It says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Whose eyes Jesus was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? Next verse. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law, by the hearing of faith? Next verse. Are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Now in this scripture, we see something interesting. We see that it's possible to start in the spirit and go in the flesh. It's possible that in the early days, when all you have is a vision and a 20 quarter for offering, God can say there'll be this, 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 and you say, yes, Lord. Suddenly, when you've got something in your coffers and God says, this, 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 and you think, hey, God, this is not a bit too big. It's the same thing with our lives. You'll find for you to be where you are today, you believed when there was less. But now when God has multiplied vision, do you still believe? Do you still believe he's the God that can do that for you? Lift up your hands and say, God, I believe. Say, I upgrade Say, I believe. Say, I believe you're the God of wonders. I believe you're the God of miracles. Now, speaking in other tongues and just avail yourself for the bigness of God. Avail yourself for the bigness of God. Lord, Lord, we are here. As we are praying, sing Waymaker. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. 
Not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. Who are you, O mighty mountain? Before city of the Lord Church, you become level ground. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You may take your seats. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, rearranging destiny. I worship you. Now, I want to tell you something. Um, some things I'll tell you during the meeting on Friday. We're having an online meeting on Friday. And I'll tell you more in that meeting. Um, you know, God is more sentimental than you think by that I mean there are times and seasons in which some things are steered up do you remember in the scriptures that there was that period of time when the waters would be steered up and anyone who was thrown into those waters at that point would be healed. Now, something that I've come to realize about God is that when something is divine, he honors it. He even honors the time he orchestrated it. I had a dream months before the launch and my ordination. And in that dream, um, Pastor Dr. Cholwe, he featured in one of the dreams and he was announcing, we hadn't even yet met, by the way, and he was announcing, saying, this is Apostle Frederick, you're all going to hear him. Now, interestingly, 
I then had a dream where I was given the date 3rd September. And I was told that's the day you should be ordained. And that's the day the church will launch. I didn't even know it was a Sunday. I had to check when I woke up. Ask those who we started with. They know what I'm talking about. And something shifted on that day. If you knew me before then and if you knew me after. Because it was what the Bible calls like in the Greek a kairos moment. There's chronos and there's kairos. Kairos is that time which God has set. Like God has just said this one. Like no one can drag you, no one can stop you. If God has said this is that time. Like wherefore Jesus says at the fullness of time the son of God was made manifest. There was nothing King Herod could do. No matter how many young people King Herod killed, Jesus just couldn't die. Not in that period. Because that was the time. And everything starts putting itself together. The people you are supposed to meet, you meet them. The favors you are supposed to get, you get them. I went into offices. We went into offices of people we had met who had never known us. And we told them, write us a recommendation letter. And they said, why should we trust you? Just write for us. And they wrote. And one thing that God honors, what, one thing that God does is that he honors when we commemorate those times. That's why God could tell Joshua, saying, carry stones as memorials. That when your children ask you, you tell them A, B, C, D. And I believe there's usually a portal open around those times. I've found personally that in, this, in that period of time, every time we're leading up to that date, I get further clarity, for example, on my vision. I get further clarity on the mission of the church. And then God also tells me things that scare me. That's what I mean. When I say God tells me things that scare me, I mean, whereas you're now planning, okay, so now here's how we'll strengthen this branch and then we'll focus on this one. God will come tell you about the next 50. Like he'll just tell you something that's beyond what's in the bank account, something that's beyond the resources, beyond the personnel. He'll just give you crazy ideas. That's what I've noticed. That's why the DMNT I wrote this week was more of a prophecy than a lesson. Go read it again and pray it. Ladies and gentlemen, we're in a certain period of time. And we can't afford to miss it. You remember when Jesus wept over Jerusalem and said they did not discern the hour of visitation. In this period, even those things which were hard become easier. Lord, what are you saying? What do you want us to do? What do you want us to do? And that's why I've been emphasizing a lot on praying. Because some things need prayer to comprehend. Praise God. You hear more of that on Friday.
So miss the Friday meeting at your own risk. Now, if you find yourself coming here on Friday, then you also didn't pay attention. Because <laughs> the meeting is on Zoom. If you don't have Zoom, then clearly you're not doing any education right now. Because there is no one from grade one, probably even baby class, who doesn't have Zoom these days. Baby class learn on Zoom as well. Genesis 4 verse 9, very quickly. We've been looking at the seven pillars of the church. And right now we are on the sixth one. The seventh one, which is giving, will only be done on Partnership Sunday. So this is the, even though it's the penultimate one, it's the last one for now. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Ladies and gentlemen, we are looking at the sixth pillar, which is being a brother's keeper. Praise God. Turn to your neighbor and say, brother's keeper. Now, if you know the context of this statement, Cain was jealous of his brother and killed him. But then God speaks to Cain and asks, where is your brother? And Cain invented sarcasm. And he decides to answer God and says, am I my brother's keeper? Now, <laughs> a keeper is a person whose job is to guard or take care of something or someone. So if someone is a housekeeper, what are they doing? They're keeping the house. And you expect them to keep it in a certain state, right? If someone is a baby keeper, what are they doing? They're keeping the baby. Is there such a thing as a baby keeper? They have other names, right? What do they call them? A nanny? That's praise, not nanny McPhee. So now, <laughs> yeah. Now, from the conversation God had with Cain, you can see that the heart of God towards us is that he wants us to be brothers keepers. And this is something that every believer should add to their faith. I hope you know that you shouldn't live your faith as it is. There are certain vital things which if you add to your faith, the Bible says you'll never backslide. Are you ready? Let's go on. This is very short, but it will be very impactful. Second Peter chapter number 1. Verse 5, and we're going to read all the way up to verse 8. Say, I'm a brother's keeper. Say, I don't leave a brother behind. You want to also say, I'm a sister's keeper? Okay, say, I'm a sister's keeper. I don't leave a sister behind. Now, some gentlemen shouldn't go and use this. No, I'm just, I'm just being a sister's keeper. <laughs> Did you reach home? Have you eaten? <laughs> Hallelujah. 
I need permission to keep your heart. <laughs> I've noticed it has been through different things. It needs to be kept well. <laughs> okay, let's go. <laughs> okay, friend, you don't laugh at your own jokes. So let's go. <laughs> Second Peter 1 verse 5. <laughs> But if you're good, you're good. Okay, so the Bible says... <laughs> okay, so the Bible says, <laughs> but also for this very reason, what reason that we are partakers of the divine nature? Come on, we know this one. It's a memory verse, right? We know it. If you go up earlier, it tells us that uh, grace and peace be multiplied through the knowledge of Jesus Christ, and then it tells us that we've become partakers of the divine nature. So let's go all the way to verse 5. We've all read this. For this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. You know what virtue is? It's excellence. It's highest quality in your morals, in what you do, in how, if, if, it, if it has to manifest in how you dress, if it has to manifest in how you speak, you add to your faith virtue. Hey, say virtue. That's why you get virtuous, by the way. And then to virtue, what do you add? Knowledge. There are some people with a low faith with the wrong knowledge. Eventually, there are limits. Have you ever heard someone passionately pray the wrong prayer? <laughs> so you add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. So don't be satisfied with just knowing John 3.16. At least know verse 17. Praise God. And verse 15. Like add knowledge to your faith. Know some stuff. Know even how the systems of the world run. That way you can be able to apply what Peter said, that set Christ apart in your heart and be ready to give a logical explanation, a logical defense of our faith to those who, be, to those who want to hear us. We must be able to properly explain things. People have questions. And some questions will shock you. Praise God. Although some can only be answered by power. <laughs> I remember one time there's, I had a situation when I was in fourth year. I had a dream about a classmate who I never used to speak to. And in my dream, I saw them and I was casting out a demon from them. And the demon was a spirit of alcoholism. So I, I woke up at six and I called someone and asked for their number. I described them and they said they're the ones. Now, I'm not necessarily the most morning person. So in the morning, I get straight to the point. So I never really applied any ethics. I just called and said, hi, um, I know you don't know me. No, I know you. You sit over there in ABCD. I said, okay, yeah. Um, I had a dream about you. I was casting out a spirit of alcoholism. They laughed. <laughs> what? Anyways, okay, to be honest, I drink every day. I can't go a day without drinking. I said, can I meet you? I said, yes. We met. I told them five or six things because God kept showing me. And they said, you're using psychology. We took psychology together in first year. <laughs> I said, okay. 
I said, fine, let me show you that this is the power of God. Stand there. I'll pray for you from there. I was very funny in, in, in university, by the way. I said, stand there. I'll pray for you from there. I'll be here. I said, in the name of Jesus. That <laughs> person fell to the ground. That No, you pushed me. I said, I was here. <laughs> Casted out that devil. You haven't told you another one. I remember this was also in fourth year. By the time we were reaching fourth year, Unza was like, <laughs> like we were looking for issues. So I remember fourth year, I went to, I don't know what I had to get. Should have been one of Pastor Daniel's deacons now, Tendai. I think she was with Rose by then. And I went to the room, and so I found a certain lady with, who was on crutches. And I said, can I share the word of God with you? And they said, no, um, we, I don't believe like you. Like, the, from a certain sect of Christianity that doesn't, that believes we are all false. And so I shared with them John 3 verse 1. I asked them if they believe in miracles. They said, no, those things ended. And I said, who taught you that? They said, no, there are a lot of false prophets, so you can't really believe miracles. You know what I responded? I said, I would struggle firstly to believe anyone who can't work miracles in the first place. And I quoted John 3, 1, where the Bible says Nicodemus came to Jesus by night and said, teacher, we know that, Rabbi, we know you are the teacher sent from God, for no one can do these works you do unless God is with him. So I said, how do I even know God is with your pastor? Don't mind me, I was young. If the, if there are no works. It's like somebody comes to me and says, just because you do miracles, they mean God is with you. Now, what makes you think if you don't do them, then God is with you? I think it's even scary to not do them. I think that's even more scary. And you're a lecturer. So, no, honestly, it's scary. And, and I mean it. I genuinely believe that. And so, the person says, okay, you know what? Uh, you're now getting a bit too much. I said, okay, can I just pray for your leg? I'll stand here, you'll be there. Try hard not to believe. Because sometimes we are humble, sometimes we bully the unbelief. I said, try hard not to believe. I said, in the name of Jesus' leg, be healed. And she said, walking. She, got, she was like, oh my goodness, my dad would be so angry at me. I said, for what? For walking? What was I talking about? <laughs> How are you spending your university? Those in school, I, I hope you're spending your university well. If you had to ask me, I left Unza uh, crying. I was sad. I felt I did too little. If you attended the last WEN meeting we had, we even sang, like Pastor Daniel and I were so emotional. We like rewrote Nathan Urenda's song. You remember uh, Flaming Something? Yeah, that one, the, the sun goes up. Yeah, we rewrote it. Like, <laughs> I know I'm deterred, but you want to hear this story, right? Like, we literally rewrote it. We were like, you know, the key. That was, a, that was an opportunity for you know, the key. That's why I said talking. Catch it. Learn to catch it. Uh -huh. So we were like, the sun goes up and the sun comes down. They came as terms. And left as years, and I am now 
graduating but can I grow one more leg before I go <laughs> and, see, <laughs> and we were so emotional can I please preach to one more song oh just sing one more song anyways afterwards that's when COL started but that's just <laughs> Okay, so you've just known me a little better now. Your pastor is a bit. So, we were on. To knowledge, what do you add? Self-control, right? Well, you know when to restrain yourself. This is something that, for me, I've had to build over the years and I'm still building. Like, if I'm to look back two, three years ago, there are some comments I shouldn't have passed, which I passed. Who's ever, whoever like assesses themselves, like, okay, that there, <laughs> there, I shouldn't have gone that far. I could have said this. You know why? You know, if I say this, the person will be hurt and there will literally be no benefit. It's not like the godly sorrow one, but I'm just saying it because I can say it. <laughs> That's a dangerous place to be. Yeah. I had to learn that one. And then to self-control perseverance, we talked about this the other time. To perseverance, godliness. <sighs> the kind of believers wonder is, where there's just something godly about you. Where even if people don't believe our doctrine, one thing they can't deny is that these guys are living clean lives. There's a godliness about them. There's a way they acknowledge God. And that has always been our brand, if you, in case you didn't know about COL. It's just a godliness. Now, to godliness, what do you add? Brotherly kindness. Being a keeper. And to brotherly kindness, love. Next verse. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So this is a secret to never backsliding. Just add those things. So, the, uh, the penultimate one we were told was brotherly kindness. Now, brotherly kindness will entail the following. Number one, that we'll love each other as disciples of Christ. John 13, verse 35. John 13, verse 35. By this all we will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. What do you think people think of our ministry? If the two of you are in the same boarding house, let's imagine this. Two of you are in the same boarding house because I know some of you are in boarding houses together. And then there is one person from your boarding house who didn't come to a church. And the two of you are always going to talk about each other with that person. Do they, you think they want to join us? To do what? To do what here? For that matter, you even go wash dirty linen in public. And you go tell the same person issues which you had from church which you didn't go settle with your department head. And then what? You gain what? You have an issue with me, you speak to a friend yourself coming to speak to me. You think they'll ever come here? <laughs> no, you think they'll come here to do what? Maybe you had an issue with me. You thought I got angry too fast. Then you go advertise me as a pastor who gets angry too fast. And then the next day you give them a flyer. They'll come for what? 
Praise God. By the way, you know you can actually win over people around you by how you talk about the church. And also how you talk about each other in church. Praise God. So, people will know that we are disciples of Christ by the love we have for one another. Imagine they just see you sitting and then they hear you say, hey, it's my department member's birthday. Let me just call them and just wish them a happy birthday. They'll be like, hmm, that church. Well, they hear you on the phone and you're checking, hi, brother, so and so. I don't know if you guys hear COO call each other brother and sister. I'm not so sure. Do you guys do that? <laughs> Some people call each other brother. Do people call you sister Diana? Sister... Do, you guys, what do you call each other? Sa and ma. You even do this when talking. <laughs> like, no, ma Esther, we... We didn't see you at uh, when we were doing the deco training. Is everything okay? Imagine if we became like that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, brothers and sisters. <laughs> Brother Ennis, we're together. <laughs> I think we'll, we'll do an experiment for a week. We'll be brother, sister. <laughs> I hear some people get offended. <laughs> We're all brothers and sisters in the Lord. Praise God. But I will never call my wife Sister Mwela. <laughs> I wouldn't want to risk it. <laughs> so, anyways, people will know us by the love that we have for each other. That's how they will know us. Love can't be... When you study the qualities of love... You know, it can't be it's, love is very hard to hide. I can tell that that one loves this one. You know, I've had people come to me and saying, Pastor, you need to talk to that one. Their behavior has been like ABC. And I can easily tell when it's coming from love or when it's coming from someone despising. You can tell. Love is very difficult to ignore. And you know, love is attractive. Not that attractive. Like, love is attractive even the other way. By that I mean, human beings generally prefer to speak to people who love them. That's how human beings work. They generally prefer to speak to people who love them. So most likely, if I'm to check your WhatsApp conversation, those on the top chats, apart from the groups, <laughs> will most likely be people that you probably feel safe around, people that you probably feel you can speak to. So love is binding. Love is attractive. At the end of the day, my sermons should not be the only reason someone wants to come to church. Number two, very quickly, when brotherly kindness abounds, what will happen is that we'll restore those who have fallen. In Galatians 6, verse 1 to 2, the Bible says, Brethren, if any man falls in any trespass, you who are spiritual should restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Verse 2. 
bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. What's the law of Christ? That you love each other. He said, I give you one commandment, love each other. So Christ's commandments are that we love God and we love each other. By that I mean, let me put it like this. There are some people whose issues I should never know. Simply because there is a brother who dealt with them. You know, the Jesus model is that by the time something is reaching me, then it's just been because of the stubbornness of the person or perhaps the inability of the brother or sister to correct. I mean the duty to restore people who have fallen should not just lie with the pastor, should not just lie with the leaders. It's your duty as a brother's keeper. By that, it means if I know you know someone and I've not been seeing them around, I should be able to say, where is that one? I don't forget my point. I should be able to ask saying, oh, uh, Ariana, where's, where's Regina? You should be able to give me an explanation. Don't answer me, am I my, sister? am I my sister's keeper? Because <laughs> you are. How many people can I ask you about? I want you to write down a number in your book. How many people can I genuinely ask you about and you'll know the answer? At least to a certain level, you'll know the answer, right? I'm waiting to see. You guys think I'm... Even on the projector, whether it shows... <laughs> Yes, how many can I ask you about? Ha! Ah, that's too little. Uh-huh. You're still counting. Let's set a number from today on for every church member. Leaders will go set in the private group. Every member, how many? Okay, fine. I'll give you a simple one. Every member, I should be able to ask you at least about 10 people. Pastor Cho, you will write the one for the leaders eh, in the group. Every member should at least feel a brother or sister accountability towards 10 people. Are we clear? And you know I don't forget. I'll come ask you next time who are the 10. Do you know that if each one of us takes responsibility to ensure there are 10 people whose well-being we care about, don't you think there are certain issues we'll never have to deal with as a church? Praise God. Number three, we must do good things to each other. Galatians 6 verse 10. The Bible says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those of the household of faith. Now, the household of faith here does not mean the household of faith church. <laughs> it means, like another version says, especially to those of the city of the Lord. <laughs> okay, generally what it means is, there must be a way you must do good for, to all men and where you can favor Christians. I'll give you an example. Who has ever been at an airport and they are giving you problems and there is a Nigerian near you? Okay. The Nigerians, they will say, my brother, are they troubling you? I'm serious, and, and, and I'm talking about in any country, whether you're in India, whether you're in China, whether you're in what, there's a way they stand up for fellow Africans. My wife told me of an incident where she was flying to India and somebody gets a passport and says it's fake and wanted to tear it. The Nigerians refused. 
Worst of it was a woman. Ha, ah, they refused. They said, are they troubling you, my sister? Ah, wait, why are you troubling her? Why are you troubling her? As in, they would def- I'm telling you, they are very defensive. I'm telling you, you would want to be near them when you... <laughs> it, it, it happened to me as well. I got lost at one of the airports. They, they're the ones who directed me. The Zambians left me alone. <laughs> no, I'm not joking. I, no, I'm not even joking. We flew to China. I went for ministry. They went for business. So once we reached China, we all became enemies. Apparently, they thought maybe I would like, reach their contacts before them. So I'm hearing people speaking in Bemba and I'm asking them questions. They rain. I'm not even joking. I'm not even joking. Stop. <laughs> so where we have opportunity, do good. And you know, the way we give in the house of God is not, I feel pity for that one, so I'm giving them. No, it's, I love that one so much, so I want to give them something. Because who says you can't even give those who are doing better than you? For example, someone can be doing better than you, but you just feel, oh, I can look nice in that shirt. Let me just gift my fellow brother. <laughs> I hope people... <laughs> I think there will be a lot of brotherly love being shown. Eh? <laughs> I, I don't know if I I think the other day, Mary brought... Apple fritters and gifted a few people, right? Just for the sake of being good. Like, I don't know if somebody is getting my point. There's something that receiving from people does. It also blesses you. It ministers to you. And then there are others who may genuinely not be doing better than you. But then the mindset of a believer is not pity. The mindset of a believer is this person is too big. They are too anointed in Christ to be walking. Let me help them with their bus fare. That's just how a believer thinks. As in, it's amazing. You know you're driving to the same direction. You've seen them and you know the church is two kilometers away. You say, ah! Even wave your hand outside. See ya, church! Come music. Lord, I want to be like you. What? I want to see your face. No, I'm soaking, but next time I'll give you a lift. But today I need to. What? Be good. Praise God. Always remember this it's more blessed to give than to receive. So many times we always pray for divine helpers. How many times are we divine helpers ourselves? Like, don't always be thinking, people giving me, people giving me. Sometimes, have months where you think, how, how, how can I be a blessing this month? Who can I be a blessing to? Just within the house of faith, I just feel like being a blessing. Who can I bless? Praise God. And not publicly. You don't have to boast in front of everyone. You'll be embarrassing someone. Every time, I mean, I can give it back. Every time, the person is coming to lead praise and worship. You see that shit? <laughs> no, it was a sacrifice, but I think it was worth it. I'm the one who gave in. <laughs> the next time you sit next to someone else, the same person is eating praise. <laughs> you know, in life, it's important to help people. Look at how good he's looking. <laughs> it's me who gave him. <laughs> 
can throw it back. It's the way. Okay, very quickly. Number four, we must intercede for each other. Okay? First uh, John 5.16 says, If any sees his brother sinning a sin which does not lead to death, he will ask and he will give him life for those who commit a sin not leading to death. There's a sin leading to death. I do not say you should pray about that. Generally, believers must just pray for each other. Pray for each other, okay? Even for those who've left us, when you remember, just pray for them, especially if they've backslidden. Pray for them to get better. It's no use us sitting down and talking, yeah, they are so bad. Are you seeing what they are doing? It doesn't help anyone. Won't help them, won't help you, won't help your neighbor. Just pray for them. Praise God. Number five, be a role model to your brothers and sisters. Okay, be a role model to your brothers and sisters. That's another way of showing brotherly love. Uh, 1 Timothy 4 verse 12 says, Not, Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers. So you, must be, you can be an example to all believers. In the word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Every believer a role model. You can actually be a role model to all believers. That's also a way of showing brotherly love. Let them have an example of Christ that they can see. You know, Pastor Daniel was preaching on Sunday. I was watching his sermon and there's something he said that, hey, absolutely blessed me. He said, there's a dimension of God that is wrapped up in people. And when people do certain things, it gets to give that dimension of God a bad name. That's why Paul could say, shall I then take Christ and unite him with a prostitute? Because it's one thing for a worldly person to go sleep with a prostitute, but when a believer does it, what they're doing is it's Christ they're embarrassing. So he said something really special. It blessed me. He said, there's a dimension in Christ that is, that is wrapped up in people. So for example, if I show so much love to my wife and continuously be consistent in that area. There is a way people believe in marriage even more than they believed in it when they read it in the scriptures. And then there are some people who don't believe in certain things because they've seen Christians do it. So never forget that. That's why we must be an example. Because if one minute somebody sees you prophesying, the next minute they see you in a fight, they Every prophet they ever see, there'll be a part of their heart that if they don't train, they'll go, <laughs> we know they are kind. I received a call one time. And so I answered the call. It was after a midweek service. I'm seated by the table. And the person says, hello. I said, yes. This is your crush. I said, I don't do such nonsense. And I cut the line. And then I get a text. Sorry about that introduction. And then they send their photo. I don't know what they wanted me to do with it. So the moment I saw the photo, I deleted it. What if it started looking nice? The Bible says, lead us not into temptations. Why should I lead myself? So, the photo, delete. I hope you're hearing me. Afterwards, 
even went to look at photos of my wife. So now, <laughs> now, then a text came and said, no, uh, sorry about that, I'm just looking for someone to pray for me. I replied with Pastor Cho's number and deleted the name. Now, I don't think they ever called Pastor Cho. The next day, <laughs> somebody came to visit me in my office and they wanted to apologize. And they said they were from that same boarding house where that happened. And they were giving out a flyer and somebody said, I've got some problems, can I have your pastor's number? So they got my number and with a bunch of other girls, they started laughing and saying, these pastors, we know they are kind. And they said, mentioning some pastors who are like their boyfriends. And so they were calling them like on loudspeaker and they would flirt with them so that everyone should hear. So I was the next target. You can imagine what my response did for them. It means whether they ever came or not, they'll keep it in mind that there's some people who live by what they preach. So I'll never forget that. <laughs> so when they came trembling, they actually sent an official apology, by the way, because I told them they would be cursed if they continued like that. First mm-hmm. <laughs> Timothy 5, uh, verse 1. Here is what Paul tells the pastor Timothy. Start from verse 1. Do not rebuke an older man, but exhort him as a father, younger men as brothers. In short, if you're a leader, it doesn't mean uh, there are certain people who I can, like I'll use myself as an example. There are certain people I can correct a certain way and others who I would talk to a certain way. Because you can also, like just generally be respectful. Then look at what also goes on in the next verse. You see where now even brotherly love applies. It says, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters with all purity. Imagine a dimension we reach where we can relate as brothers and sisters. Where if, let's say somebody said, oh, sister so and so, I love you. No one has to suspect anything about it. Because it's, it's in all purity. Like not everyone has to be your crush. Some people can just be a sister in the Lord. Others can just be a brother in the Lord. I'm, I'm serious. That's the level we have to reach. <laughs> like we shouldn't have to reach a level where when we're saying, you know, I love you. We have to add with the love of God. We shouldn't. <laughs> like it should reach a place. Where, when it's the other love, that's why we have to emphasize and say, no, I love you, but this kawan is not necessarily the brotherly one the preacher's about. This, in other words, is me shooting my shot. As in, like, it has to be at a place where we are so clear. Because we just love each other. Sometimes we've had to block that. Sometimes we've had to block that because people haven't learned to relate with each other in no purity. There's nothing wrong with a sister looking nice. There's nothing wrong with a brother looking nice. Like, imagine brothers, especially, like, brothers, you know, you can come to a place where they can look nice every week, but you're not necessarily interested in everyone. Like, you can actually relate with everyone in all purity. Hallelujah. (laughs) This one is the one which if people learn they will not be talking to four people at once based on who's looking better. And the funny thing is that these things can happen in church if we don't learn to deal with them and it's a lack of brotherly love. Final verse. Be careful. Which is the final point? Be careful with offense. Offense from a brother. Or Here's something that you should know. Do you know that offense 
from somebody you love or somebody you regard highly can be harder to deal with than offense from a, somebody who was just driving in the road and irritated you. And here is the key. You know, everything the Bible shows us, it means we can deal with. Proverbs 18 verse 19 shows us how it works. Why do you think, how, how can people who said wedding vows to each other suddenly want to get guns and shoot each other? It means there's a part, they've not learned to deal with this part. How come anyone else can answer you, no, I'm a bit busy, I'll talk to you later. If that person says, I'm a bit busy, I'll talk to you later. There's a way it's interpreted. Like, I don't know, they've lost, they can't be busy. And then, and, it's a, and, and you find sometimes in church, there's a way people deal with us. Like, if somebody at work answered them, an even more harsh answer than we did, us the way we are seen. Why? Here's a verse. A brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. And contentions are like a castle. Why does it say harder to win than a strong city? Because usually, when you feel offended by somebody who's close to you, what you do is you build walls. So you find you've argued it out with yourself, sometimes very biasly. And then afterwards, you've convinced yourself, saying, you know what? I'll just relate with them as this, 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 and I'll just love them from afar. And then, but there'll be this. So before you know it, you're relating, and, but there's this. And sometimes they have no idea why they exist, but you know why they exist, and you think they know why they exist. And then when they get frustrated by this, you even get more angry and build a bigger this, and then there's... Before you know it, you don't even know why you've got this. So what should you do? Do what the Bible says. Have open, objective relationships. Not manipulative ones. You know, you know when a relationship is manipulative? When only one person can open up. Have objective relationships where anyone can be free to speak out if they need to. And where when you forgive. Forgiveness does not mean... Um, so I'm going to hold this back, and then the day I need to use it, I'll bring it up. That's not forgiveness. It means you lose the right to ever use that issue in the future. Ladies and gentlemen, be brothers, keepers. I hope you've enjoyed this message as much as I have. Have you enjoyed it? At COL, we teach you how to live, eh? So some of you go break down those words of Jericho. If you don't know how to... Just go around your room seven times, being quiet. You have to have gone around on this when you, six times. Then the seventh time, go seven times. Then you shout, I forgive you! Try that today. Hallelujah. <laughs> Another one is intercede for them. And then before you talk to them, listen to nice worship music. It's very difficult to be angry at someone after worship music. Where from singing humbled and amazed. Or maybe from singing that you're the one who never left the one behind. And then here you go, see you're leaving someone behind. Ha! <laughs> worship music rebukes. <laughs> Have you never been rebuked? Not, no, you don't go listen to Mighty Man of War before forgiving someone. You go listen to He Loves Me Despite My Thoughts, you'll be amazed. <laughs> you'll be amazed. Reckless love of God, okay. <laughs> I couldn't earn it. 
<laughs> okay, guys, have you been blessed? Okay. Okay, say, in the name of Jesus. Say it again, in the name of Jesus. I receive the word with gladness. I take up my responsibility to be a steward of my brothers and my sisters. I have their best intentions. I'll intercede for them. I'll restore them. I'll do good to them. And I will not harbor their wrongs against them. There is no one I can't love. I love everyone. Say everyone in this ministry is loved by me. In Jesus' name. So Lord, feel free to give me a burden, a vision, a an unction to minister to or to pray for any of my brothers and sisters. Amen. Yeah. Not just those in the clique. Eh? May God start giving you people's ID numbers in church. He takes the secretary. I need this, I need this, the name for this ID number. God keeps showing me that I just need to be a blessing to them. Imagine that. We may say the grace and remember we'll end with I love you all. You'll shout it. It'll break walls. One, two, three, go. Amazing grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. The extravagant love of God and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives and we will dwell in the house of the Lord. I love you Oh, wow. What a service. I have been so blessed, and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0 If you are unable to call, you can email us on the City of the Lord Zambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.